Shalom and good morning all. Thank you for being here today. So glad you have joined me this morning. Today is December 21st, 2022. Pretty interesting date today and so I'm glad that it ended up being my mercy poured forth to share. I hope that Yah is blessing your week. We are halfway through it, getting closer to Shabbat each and every day. I know we, most of us will probably be experiencing some biblical weather, you could almost call it. It sounds like it's going to be extremely cold uh, for the coming week. And so we're just going to be lifting everyone in prayer uh, during that time that you have safety, shelter, and warmth, that your electricity stays on, that your pipes stay uh, unfrozen, and all the other things that come can come with terrible cold weather. So we're just going to lift that up to Yah all week and pray that He provides all the things that you need during that difficult time. Shalom, everybody in the chat. Great to see you this morning. We've got Shell and Wire Wool, Judy and Dan, my wife Lee. Thank you, everyone, for joining in this morning. Or if you are watching this later on, I hope this message does bless you. I hope you have been able to follow along with our Maccabees reading. My wife and Lee have been sharing that reading each evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, the eight days of Hanukkah to celebrate that anniversary and remembrance of the, the temple, them taking that back and all that they fought for, whether it been just the Torah itself to withstand the, the tyranny of that, to overcome the Food issues, we, we will get into that here later in the chapters where, you know, they were forcing people to eat swine's flesh and offering that up on the altar, uh, all kinds of abominations. And so they fought through that as well as keeping the Shabbat, the holy seventh day. And so there's so many amazing stories through these four books of Maccabees. We just finished the second book last night. So if you haven't been with us, you can catch up or make sure you tune in for the remainder of the week. It really has been a blessing to read these stories and to just have you, that fire rekindled and knowing what they went through, that we can do the same and that we need to be bold and fight for the rights that we have been given. And uh, Yahuwah will bless us through those battles. Let me share my screen with you guys. So being inspired by these books of Maccabees, I wanted to discuss the weapons that we can use to battle and fight spiritual warfare. We've done various shows in the past. Uh, Armor Up Buttercup was a great one that we really enjoyed about wearing the armor of Yah, putting on those pieces each and every day so that we can overcome the spiritual attacks that are thrown at us and shot at us on a daily basis. Sometimes you don't realize what it is or you can't see it, but they are there and it's happening. And we need to be prepared to fight that off. And so I found an article uh, I wanted to share just seven spiritual weapons that we can use against those spiritual attacks. But first, I wanted to start off with a little teaser from 2 Maccabees, and we will be reading this part uh, this evening. So I just wanted to give a little bit 
of what you're in for tonight if you do decide to join us. And it kind of, what this portion here really inspired my talk this morning. So we are going to start in 2 Maccabees chapter 15. And we're going to read verses 3 through 18 here. Then the most ungracious wretch demanded if there were a mighty one in heaven that had commanded the Shabbat to be kept. So we're talking about Nicanor, the, the wretched ruler of the lands at this time. And when they said, there is a heaven, there is in heaven a living Yahuwah and mighty who commanded the seventh day to be kept. Then said the other, and I also am mighty upon earth, and I command to take arms and to do the king's business. Yet he obtained not to have this his wicked will done. So Nicanor, in exceeding pride and haughtiness, determined to set up a public monument of his victory over Yehuda and them that were with him. But Yehuda Maccabee had ever sure confidence that Yahuwah would help him. Wherefore he exhorted his people not to fear the coming of the heathen against them, but to remember the help which in former times they had received from heaven, and now to expect the victory and aid which should come unto them from El Shaddai. And so comforting them out of the Torah and the prophets, and withal putting them in mind of the battles that they won afore, he made them more cheerful. And when he had stirred up their minds, he gave them their charge, showing them therewithal the falsehood of the heathen and the breach of Os. Thus he armed every one of them, not so much with defense of shields and spears as with comfortable and good words. And besides that, he told them a dream worthy to be delivered, as if it had been so indeed, which did not a little rejoice them. And this was his vision, that on Yahu, who had been a high priest, a virtuous and a good man, reverend in conversation, gentle in condition, well-spoken also, and exercised from a child in all points of virtue, holding up his hands, prayed for the whole body of the Yahudim. This done, in like manner, there appeared a man with gray hairs and exceedingly exceeding glorious, who was of a wonderful and excellent majesty. Then Anyahu answered, saying, This is a lover of the brethren who prays much for the people and for the holy city, to wit, Yirmiyahu, the prophet of Elohim. And we know Yirmiyahu was the prophet Jeremiah. Whereupon Yirmiyahu, holding forth his right hand, gave to Yehuda a sword of gold, and in giving it spoke thus, Take this holy sword, a gift from Elohim, with the which you shall wound the adversaries. Thus being well comforted by the words of Yehuda, which were very good and able to stir them up to valor and to encourage the hearts of the young men, they determined not to pitch camp, but courageously to set upon them and manfully to try the matter by conflict, because the city and the sanctuary and the temple were in danger. For the care 
that they took for their women and their children and their brethren and folks were in least account with them. But the greatest and principal fear was for the holy temple. What a powerful story. You know, if you've ever seen movies like even Lord of the Rings or uh, Braveheart, you know, you can kind of get an idea how grand and great yet gruesome these battles that were fought in this time and these stories all for the sake of the Torah and the principles that they had passed down from their forefathers, what they stood for, the Holy Word. It was being taken away and just completely destroyed uh, by these iniquities of the of the land. And so these battles were essentially to bring back the, their rights that they had been given by Yah. And we are still in that battle today. You can see how the Torah has just been forsaken. The law and the word of Yah is looked down upon, is frowned upon and forsaken. And so we are still in this battle today. And so this is why the story of Maccabees is so encouraging to us because we can see what they were willing to go through. We should be doing the same. And I loved how it really was just the the word itself, the word of Yahuwah comfort, comforted the men as they went into battle, knowing that Yahuwah had given them victory in the past and that he would still allow victory again to come. Shalom, Asia. Good to see you as well this morning. All right, so let's get in to the seven weapons. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4, For the weapon of our warfare is not carnal, but mighty through Elohim, to the pulling down of strongholds. Since our weapons are not of the flesh or of this world, we have to learn the significance of each spiritual weapon in our arsenal. And these are the seven that I came across. Yahuwah's word, which is the Bible, the scripture, the word made flesh, the perfect word that will never lead you astray, that will provide comfort and strength in any season that you face. The name of Yahusha. Now, of course, I choose to use the name Yahusha. There are many other ways to say it. The Son of God, uh, Messiah, Yahusha, Yeshua. Of course, he's also known as Jesus, but we have our reasons to not use that name. And so I personally prefer the name Yahusha. I feel like it's the closest, most accurate translation to the Hebrew text. Third is the blood of Messiah. Fourth, we have prayer. Fifth, praise and worship. Sixth, thanksgiving. And seventh is deliverance. So the first one is Yah's word. Without a doubt, the most effective weapon of spiritual warfare is Yahuwah's word. The word of Yah has everything needed for believers to stand firm in that hour of battle. His word is the solid foundation upon which we stand. The truth of Yah's word can undo the twisted lies of the enemy that keeps us in spiritual bondage. The Bible guides us in all areas of life. Therefore, we should have confidence if we study the scriptures. 
You cannot fight against spiritual attacks without Yah's word. Throughout the day, you need to come against the lies from the enemy by declaring the truth of Yahweh's word as a swift rebuke. And in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, it instructs the believers to put on the full body of armor, the full body armor of Yah each and every day. And we'll go ahead and read this as a refresher because it's so important in these times. We are at war against many different avenues, but especially the spiritual realm. And this is how we defend ourselves and fight in offense. Starting in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in Yahuwah and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of Elohim that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of Elohim that ye may be able to withstand all in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the besora of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of Yeshua, and the sword of the Ruach, which is the word of Elohim, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Ruach, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the Kodeshim. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the Besorah, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly, as I ought to speak. So when we use these weapons, it gives us the strength, the boldness to speak out, to spread the word, and to also combat the darkness and the wickedness. You know, all truth will overcome the lies. And with the scripture, we can defeat any lie that's spoken. All right, so the next one is the name of Yahusha, Messiah. Full of power, authority, and dominion over all, the name of Yahusha is unlike any other name. Professing Yahusha as our Redeemer and Savior is an act of spiritual warfare in itself. The enemy doesn't want you believing in Messiah, nor does he want you proclaiming it for others to hear. Declaring his name and declaring our belief in him allows us to operate these spiritual warfare weapons. The name of Yahusha is All right, looks like I'm dealing with some spiritual warfare as we speak. My internet is attacking me. The name of Yahusha isn't a magical incantation. It is the act of faith that puts the power behind the use of the name of the Most High. 
Another weapon I rely on is my shofar. So let's blast this enemy out of here. All right, looks like it is cutting in and out. I will try to make sure I pause <laughs> and pick up where we left off. I do apologize about that. Shalom, Bethany and Lolo. Great to see you this morning. We are battling some internet warfare, but hopefully we can get through this. Whenever I find myself in warfare, I proclaim Yahusha and his victory over Satan, Hasatan, reminding myself in the spiritual realm that the battle has already been won. When Messiah died on the cross, it was finished. Believers have a direct line to the kingdom of heaven through accepting Messiah as Redeemer and Savior. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, enables us to do Yah's will to cast out demons, he heal the sick, and to boldly witness to others, all in the name of Yahusha. Hasatan and his demons know exactly who Mashiach is and the power he possesses. Yahusha is the name above all names. By calling on him, we can overcome all kinds of warfare. Our eyes always need to be focused on him. Even when things seem to be falling apart around us, that's when you need him the most to direct your steps and to give you the strength to continue on. All right, the third weapon, the blood of Messiah. There is nothing like the power in the blood of Yahusha. The blood of our Savior has the power to protect, cleanse, heal, and sanctify. The death of Messiah on the cross was the ultimate play against Hasatan. The blood that he shed on the cross destroyed all of Hasatan's plans, effectively thwarting him. The power of applying the blood of Yahusha with the belief to back it up is a mighty weapon of spiritual warfare. The blood of Yahusha heals, delivers, and cleanses us all of sin. Just the same, the blood of Messiah, when applied in faith, can do amazing things. The story of Passover illustrates the power of the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost of all those in faith, all those who in faith applied the blood to protect their families against the angel of death who came upon all of Mitzrayim as the tenth and final plague. Passover was a representation of things to come, the Lamb of Yah, who takes away the sins of the world. Number four, prayer. Powerful prayers made in faith can influence any situation. When it comes to spiritual warfare, prayer is an essential part of the battle. As soon as the Holy Spirit reveals you are under spiritual attack, get into prayer. There is no time to waste when dealing with a spiritual battle. Staying in prayer during a season of warfare can turn the tables in your favor. However, if you fail to pray during these times, you are not taking advantage of the powerful effect prayer has on our situation. 
Prayer can also be a great way to replenish your spirit from the draining effects of spiritual warfare and spiritual attacks. There are so many types of prayer that can aid us in this spiritual battle we fight. Prayers like deliverance prayers, prayers of thanksgiving, praying the scriptures, and intercession prayers of all are all weapons of spiritual warfare. Never underestimate the power of prayer as a weapon of spiritual warfare. And we can see in 2 Maccabees 15, verse 26, But Yehuda and his company encountered the enemies with invocation and prayer. You know, they relied on prayer as a weapon to overcome the enemy. You know, and we see in multiple instances where Yahuwah himself comes down to fight the battle with them, you know. And so it is so powerful. We cannot underestimate what he has planned. He already knows our future. He already knows how to overcome the adversary. So relying on prayer just invites him into your situation and lets him fight on your behalf. Number five, praise and worship. Every day we need to be putting on the garment of praise. This is especially important when dealing with any kind of warfare. I can attest to the power praise and worship has in spiritual warfare. By putting on the garment of praise, we can change the spiritual atmosphere from heaviness to joy and hope. Whatever we praise and worship is exalted and glorified. When we glorify Yahuwah with praise, we are taking control of our mind and the spiritual tone around us. Choosing to set up our sights on Messiah, not on our problems or feelings. Hasatan and his demons do not want to stick around to hear a believer praise and worship Yah. The enemy much rather go after the individuals who don't know about the garment of praise or the power of worship. The Bible instructs believers to praise and worship, even in the midst of tribulation and temptation. No matter the state of worry, sadness, or amount of despair, the power of praise and worship is efficient enough. What felt like hopelessness and sorrow transforms into the hope and joy we have in Mashiach. This allows us to magnify the Son of God, and in comparison, our problems appear a lot smaller and a lot less threatening. Praise and worship are another must-have in our weapons of spiritual warfare. Worship is our weapon indeed. Especially that shofar blast. I guarantee you the enemy does not, the adversary does not enjoy that. All right, number six, thanksgiving. In order to stand strong against any spiritual attacks directed at us, we need to have our mind in the right place. Most warfare takes place in the mind, and because of this, our mental state needs to not only be guarded, but rooted by the truth. By viewing things from the, tons of th from the tens of thanksgivings, we are able to see the big picture. Focusing on our inner grumblings and complaints prevents us from seeing the blessing in our lives. An ungrateful heart can close the doors to an intended blessing. This kind of thinking also leaves us wide open and vulnerable to the enemy. Next time you are having a tough day and struggling 
with the constant flow of negative thoughts. Start listing off things you're thankful for out loud. Thanksgiving is a precise weapon of spiritual warfare when dealing with mental oppression or depression. And we've done a episode on that as well. Be sure to check out our Between the River and the Ravens playlist. We do the Armor Up Buttercup where we go over the armor of Yahuwah, but we also do one on the the mental uh, battle. Uh, the enemy within is what we call that. And sometimes we are our own worst enemy and what havoc we can reap on ourselves. It's so important to be mentally stable and secured in the word. So think about all the people who have it worse than you. Think about the people who don't know Messiah and have nothing to place hope in. Think back to the awfulness that was your life before coming to our Savior. Think about those people who have passed away, never coming to repentance or the Father. These are just a few things you can do to remind yourself that you have so much to be thankful for. And why it is so important to pass that word along to tell people of our Savior. Because we don't want them to be in that same hopeless situation where they pass on without ever knowing the goodness and the hope and the salvation that he brings. And lastly, number seven, deliverance. And in Joel 2, 32, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of Yahuwah shall be delivered. For the Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as Yahuwah has said, and in the remnant whom Yahuwah shall call. Deliverance is turning to Yahuwah in his supreme authority over all, to be released from spiritual bondage, influence, attacks, and oppression of Hasatan's foot soldiers. Deliverance is a game changer when it comes to advancing your walk in faith. Unfortunately, this weapon of spiritual warfare is often overlooked in many churches and ministries. In the Holy Bible, there are many accounts of Yah delivering His people during times of trouble. Yah granted His people deliverance from what manifested in the physical, like enemy armies, enslavement, and persecution. Just the same, Yah delivers His people out of spiritual troubles and bondage. The best part is, He still does it today for you and me. So that is all I had today. I hope this message strengthened you and blessed you. It's so important in these tough days that we face. They're only going to be getting more difficult. And we have to keep our strength up. We have to keep our focus and our sights on Yah and His Son that offers the hope and salvation that we are striving for to live righteously so we can obtain one day. And so be sure to apply these in your own life so that you can be ready for the battle ahead. Shalom, everyone, and blessings. I hope you have a wonderful week. Stay tuned for later today. We do have a few readings uh, from 1 Kings. Shell is bringing that reading, 1 Kings. And then this evening, we are continuing in our second Maccabees. So hope to see you there.